Thank you again for listening to Megan Has a Childhood. This is episode five where we discuss the fox and the hound. Like the movie itself, it's a pretty short and sweet episode, um, but filled with Abby's tears. So that actually does take up the majority of the episode. But enjoy our sadness and enjoy the fox and the hound. Hello, and welcome to Megan Has a Childhood, a podcast where I make my friend Megan <laughs> watch Disney movies that she missed out on during her childhood. Who are you? I'm Abby. Okay. I'm Abby. Oh, okay. I'm Megan, the one without a childhood. <laughs> are you so, wearing your hair like Ray? Uh, no, it's just, no, it's just up. Oh, fun. it looked like you had multiple buns in the back. No. Okay. It's just the hair. My hair's short, so it's sort of, like, falling out, so it might look like an extra bun. Okay. Okay. Sorry for this. I was going to say, are you doing some cosplay before we started uh, recording? I did not, but when I went to Disney World last time, um, I was walking around with my BB-8 backpack and a girl uh, who worked there. She's like, oh, my God, you look like Ray!" And it really made my night because I was having a bad day. I can see it. I think it's just the shape of the face. I yeah. think we have the same forehead and the same, like, cheek situation. Mm-hmm. Everything else is not quite the same, but, but I the same see, yeah. general sh- face shape. But that sort of leads me into my question that I wanted to ask you. Oh, okay. So, I own a BB-8 backpack, among other Disney merchandise. And that might label me a Disney adult. <laughs> I do not think I can legally be considered a Disney adult. Because I do not own a pair of ears. And I feel like all Disney adults have to have, like, the pair of, like, Mickey ears. Some sort of pair of ears. Okay? And so my question for you is, Megan, like, what do you think of when you think of the term Disney adult? Like, how do you feel about that? I would consider you a Disney adult. I I'm okay with it. I feel like you have um, enough other facets that you don't need to have the ears. Okay. Like your pin trading. My hundreds of, my hundreds of dollars of pins. Yes. <laughs> that very much, I feel like, solidifies your uh, your Disney adult. I just think, I, I don't know, yours wouldn't be my first thought, just knowing the amount of Disney stuff that you do have and the amount of money that you have spent on Disney paraphernalia. Yeah. Well, I feel like there, I've seen a lot of videos lately about Disney adults, and they're sort of shitting on them. And, like, I get it. Okay, some of them go overboard. Yes. There's a, there's also a big um, overlap between Disney adults and, like, really devout Christians and people in MLMs. They're all sort of, a lot of them are sort of in the same community. But in general, I feel like they get sort of shit on. Like, just let people enjoy things. Well, it's just, um, like, women wanting to do anything. Mm-hmm. There are men Disney adults for sure, but they oh, don't yeah. get the. They just. I didn't mean that as like all yeah. Disney adults are women. I just meant like anytime a woman enjoys anything, there's something fucking wrong with it. And anytime a, a man enjoys something that is, you know, feminine, they get called sissies or yeah. whatever. Um, but I just feel like 
I think you balance your life well with other interests and it's not your entire personality. I like, don't with have some other like Disney adults, but I don't have like Disney stuff up in my room. Yeah. I mean I have my little pin board over there and then I have a BB eight um Funko Pop, but that's about it. Um but I will be fucked. You don't have I'm... your Pirates of the Caribbean poster up in your room anymore? No. No, I don't. It's somewhere under my bed. <laughs> but I will be again, I will be fucked before I let some man who's like obsessed with their shoe collection For or cars. obsessed with sports. Yeah. Whatever before they get to criticize any man or woman who's like invested in disney now if you want to like criticize them for like encouraging disney to do stupid disney stuff like you know raising prices and whatever like because there are some people who like just refuse to criticize disney anything goes um you want to criticize them for that fine but like otherwise shut the fuck up and just let people enjoy things i agree including this podcast where we talk about disney movies (laughs) that she did not watch during your childhood specifically the fox and the hound and i have one question for you abby mm-hmm. how dare you i know i'm so sorry when i told her to watch this i texted her and i was like it makes me cry <laughs> like i don't want to watch it but we're watching it you literally texted me and you were like just thinking about rewatching it made me cry have fun <laughs> and i was like fuck and did you cry i didn't but there were multiple points right like <laughs> gasped or just like grabbed Jacob's arm suddenly and he had to be like are you okay and I'm just like no I'm not okay why would I be okay (laughs) I'm sending you a picture right now of my face while watching the movie (laughs) I haven't gotten it oh oh there it is (laughs) (laughs) I cried throughout the whole thing I don't that's beautiful I don't know what it is I get it wait we'll get into it in a second I marked all the moments where I like started crying (laughs) I think I still have a couple snap tissues over here. <laughs> so anyway, so what is The Fox and the Hound? The Fox and the Hound is a 1981 Disney animated film. And it's the 24th to be created by the studio. Although I think there was a little note in there that said it was like the 20th at the time, like in the canon. But I think they added more to the Disney canon. Whatever. Also, I just want to say how off-putting it is that 1981 was 40 years ago. I know. Can you believe people in the 80s are like in their 40s now that doesn't sit right with me Mm -hmm. we're next dude (laughs) oh no Um, um it's uh very loosely based on a book by the same name by daniel p mannix um it is the story of two friends a fox and a hound dog who didn't know that they were supposed to be enemies um and as they grow older the two struggle to maintain their friendship uh due to outside forces so the film was directed by Ted Berman, Richard Rich, and Art Stevens, and this was the directorial debut of both Berman and Rich. Um, and it was produced by Ron Miller, Wolfgang Reitherman, and Art Stevens, and it was composed by Buddy Baker. And I just mentioned all their names because they're going to be mentioned a little bit later. Um, so let us begin. <laughs> um, so the movie begins with a very... Uh, in a very, very old-fashioned way. Like, they don't do movies like this anymore where they just have all the credits. I have that. I, I have, like, in my notes, I have the classic old movie opening where the old music plays as the titles roll, yeah. 
like every single person that worked on this movie is announced and in the background we see um a fox running with a little baby in her mouth little baby fox um yeah i feel like they don't do this anymore you know having all the credits at the beginning because like kids don't have attention spans yeah. you know what i mean like they need to be immediately interested like they're not gonna sit there and watch a bunch of names that they can't what do all these say mommy yeah um the beginning's kind of anxiety ridden we can hear you know a dog barking so we can assume that they're after um this fox and ultimately she does the disney mother thing (laughs) and sacrifices herself to spare um her baby so another dead mother what is this four out of five i think the only one where we if we don't count Luca because Luca was the main character and his parents weren't dead, yeah, then it's four out of five, right? Um, but anyway, so I was immediately crying, <laughs> especially at the first sighting of the little little baby Todd. Oh, he's so cute. Um, so an owl named Big Mama, <laughs> which is the name I'm a little uncomfortable with, but we're gonna move past it. Um, and she's voiced by Pearl Bailey. Um, so she witnesses what happens and she takes pity on the little fox and she goes to him and she promises that she'll find someone to take care of him. Um, she says, big mom is going to be right, right back. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure that's what his mother just told him. (laughs) And then she did not come back. Um, so big mama seeks out the help of a woodpecker named Boomer who's voiced by Paul Winchell. And a sparrow or a finch, I, there was conflicting information about what sort of bird the other bird was. But I his just have yellow bird written, so. Yeah, his name is Dinky, which I think is really cute. <laughs> <laughs> and he's voiced by, uh, sorry if I'm mispronouncing this, Dick Bacaline? Bacaline? I'm not sure. Um, and so all these birds gather together and they grab the attention of an old woman named Widow Tweed, who's voiced by Jeanette Nolan. Um, she lives nearby, and uh, through some hijinks, they get the old woman to discover Todd, and she immediately takes him in. Um, and I just want to say that she is my future. I was She's just, a widow, first just, of all. Yeah. I don't know where my future husband's going to be, but I don't know how he died, but he's dead. Yeah. And I live on my own, and now I just take in cute animals. Absolute goals, yeah. <laughs> um, and meanwhile... An old man uh, named Amos Slade, who I guess we can assume is the hunter that maybe killed his father or his mother. And his dog, uh, Chief, he shows his dog that he brought home a new little hound dog. I just love him carrying him, the puppy, in a sack. He's like, I've got something. And the dog's like, oh, it's a treat. And no, it's just a puppy in a sack. (laughs) Um, And this is Little Copper and his kid voice was voiced by Corey Feldman, actually, from uh, The Goonies and Stand By Me. And, oh my god, he was so cute. So I started crying again as soon as I saw his little wrinkly face. So cute. Um, I just can't watch things with baby animals, I think, is my yeah. problem. <laughs> they just make me cry. It's the same reason, like, I can't look at, like, like puppies online or, like, see, I can't look at puppies without crying. <laughs> I have that noted that when they start cuddling, I just have written next to it, I'm not okay. Um, and so we go back to Little Tweed's house and we see little Todd um, who's voiced by Keith Mitchell Uh, he was a child actor and he did a bunch of like sitcoms and stuff back in the 80s and 90s Um, but he doesn't really do anything anymore but he is notably the grandson of Jackie Coogan I don't know if you know who that is but he did like silent films like The Kid with Charlie Chaplin 
So Todd's getting up to some mischief. He goes off to find someone to play with. Uh, there's a whole running gag with like Boomer and Dinky trying to <laughs> catch a caterpillar and eat it. And that lasts throughout the whole film. So they're busy with that and they don't want to play with them. Um, and he eventually stumbles, stumbles upon Copper. Um, <laughs> and then they start playing and then I'm crying again. <laughs> I'm like a pregnant woman. So I just felt like, oh my God, especially when Copper's like trying to howl. And he does oh his little room. Yeah. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. Um, and then Big Mama starts singing a song, which again makes me start to cry about like them being friends. <laughs> and I think if you listen to the lyrics of this song, it was like a really sweet, important message. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'm trying. Here I don't have an excuse. <laughs> um, just about like the innocent. Oh my God. <laughs> when have you ever seen me cry? I believe in you. You can do this. Um, give me a second. Okay, take your time. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I just watched a tear fall off of Abby's face. I'm so stupid. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so Big Mama starts singing a song <laughs> um, that I think has a really important message about, like, you know, the innocence of children and how they just don't care about skin color and socioeconomic status or anything like that. Or in this case, you know, species. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, hate is, hate is taught. And I think that's, like, a huge theme of the film. And uh, I have a note here uh, that was from, I, I can't remember, Ron Clements, who was one of the supervising animators. He said there was actually a lot of strong thematic elements underneath the Fox and the Hound. Um, things had to do with bigotry and people being sort of stereotyped and forced into certain roles, particularly with the Fox and the Hound. Mm-hmm. We start out as friends and then find out, like, according to the rules, that they're supposed to be enemies. Um and they have to deal with that and finally come to, come to terms with that. And the Fox and the Hound uh, animator, John Musker, added that um, the Fox and the Hound makes a statement about racial prejudice, I think, and trying to overcome that. And so I think that's, uh, you know, the 80s isn't too far from the 60s, right. 1981, 1963 or whatever, when, um, when they do overturn the Jim Crow laws and all that shit. Uh, you know, I'm sure racism and bigotry was all, like, huge back then. Still, you know, yeah. even, it's still, it's still, it's still is now, you know? Um, so, like, I don't know. I think that's a very nice message to to put in a children's movie. Because mm-hmm. children just don't really, they don't notice that sort of stuff or think about it until, you know, they get home and they have some bigoted-ass parent who's, like, yeah, whatever. Just anyway. The- We'll always be friends forever, won't we? That just fuck. Mm. So, um, so we see the hunter Amos Slade, who's voiced by Jack Albertson, and Chief is voiced by Pat Butcher. Um, we can see that they're already putting that hate into his head. You know what I mean? Um, so that kind of stuff comes from adults and their bullshit. Um. 
Also worth mentioning, Chief is probably the dog that was, like, chasing. Yeah. Todd's mom who yeah. killed her. Um, never confirmed, but sort of confirmed. Um, and so Chief uh, spots Todd, right? Hold on. Yeah, Chief spots Todd and, like, starts chasing him. Um, and then sort of an epic chasing uh occurs when Slade and uh, Widow Tweed get involved and uh, Todd jumps into Widow Tweed's um, car and uh, Amos Slade is all pissed and he starts coming at her like trying to shoot the shoot Todd and what bothered me at this point is that he called her like females he's like you females I can't stand Mm -hmm. when men say that it's so like like, it's not incorrect, right? Like, technically, but it's, like, really dehumanizing or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just gross. And it's just always a certain type of man that calls, like, women. And males. you know what they're implying. Like, what weight mm-hmm. that carries from when they say mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just gross. But we love Widow Tweed. She shuts yes. his car and shuts his shit, shit down. Um, and then for child's protection, she keeps him in the house. Um and then when he sees Coppers leaving with Slade and Chief, he has to go to say goodbye to his friend. And then I'm crying again. Yep. <laughs> um, when they're driving away and Copper does the roo back to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cute. Um, yeah, so Todd insists they'll always be friends, but Big Mama is like uh, laying down the law. She's describing the nature of things in a sort of song sort of spoken word situation Uh, lack of education is the name of that like song Um, and so she's like basically like she's like Copper's gonna be different when he gets back dude like and you know Todd if you weren't smart about this you're gonna die Um, so then we see the season sort of pass Todd is forlorn at home Copper's elsewhere in the mountains somewhere maybe at a cabin um, with Chief and Slade and he's learning the ropes about hunting and he's not great at it at first um you know I, both of them people i have like at this point i just wrote i hate everything already like i know <laughs> i know it's coming there is Jaka. i just i knew i knew it was gonna happen i was like i don't want like why why happy feeling for sure um, so they both begin to grow and the way like copper's little ears were dragging when yeah. he was I wanted to know that I put a run me a Frank here, dog. Mr. Velvet Ears. Um, Mr. Velvet Ears. Um, so the next spring arrives, and we are reintroduced to Todd, who is now fully grown. Um, so I looked it up because I wanted to know, like, when foxes are considered fully grown. And it's at 10 months of age, so I would definitely say it's been, like, a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and dogs are considered adults at one year of age, but some of them don't fully grow until about two years of age. Um, just sort of depends on the breed, I guess. Um, so fully grown copper is voiced by Kurt Russell, who was real hot shit back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Um, he still looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really like him. And apparently um, he's been like a veteran of Disney since he was 14 years old. Um, in 1965, Walt cast him in a movie called Follow Me Boys. Um and he signed the actor into a long-term contract, and he's been in a couple of Disney movies since. 
um, like live action ones. He was in Sky High. Did you ever see Sky High? Oh yeah, that was a good movie. I got I got I got beef with that movie a little bit, but um, I really liked it when I was young. Um, and then Grown Todd is voiced by Mickey Rooney, which I would have never have guessed. Uh, I don't know if you know who he is. He was very very famous back in the day. And you might know him from Night of the Museum movies. He's one of the old men. Um, one of the, like, evil old men, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then he played uh, an Asian man. He is white. Uh, I should say an Asian stereotype in Breakfast at Tiffany's. He's, like, her upstairs neighbor. Yes. Or I think yes. her landlord or something. Yep. So he's famous and infamous, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Now they're grown. Um, Todd's when. Fun. Todd says, Copper's going to be glad to see me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Todd sees Copper arrive back at home for spring and is confident that their friendship hasn't changed, despite there being a huge pile of animal skins in the back of his car. And I think Big Mama, like, points that out. <laughs> yeah, the, the birdies open the shed and they're like, if he's not bad, then what is all of this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were some foxtails in there, too. So Todd goes to Copper's house to meet him, and Copper does seem, like, happy to see him. Um, however, he's like, yeah, we can't be friends anymore, dude, sorry. I've changed. Yeah. Um, we can let you go this one time, and I just, I was devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Chief spots Todd and chases him. A big, another chase sequence. Fucking Chief, just, like, relax, man. Yeah. He's not even, like, a... Like a hateful character, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's sort of jarring that he was like so kind of amped and ready to like fucking destroy him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they end up on train tracks, and conveniently a train decides to come down the tracks at that time. But Todd's small and agile, so he dips down and he avoids getting hit. But we see Chief basically getting fucked up and falling from the tracks into um, a little pond, I guess. I thought he was dead, so I have R.I.P. Chief written here. I, I didn't. I thought he was dead, too. I didn't remember him still living. Um, but he doesn't, which I feel like is weird from falling from that height. And being hit by a train, presumably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Copper sort of blames himself for not, uh, you know, doing his job and flooding. Yeah. And then he sort of, in not so many words, vows to get revenge for Chief. Um, Amos Slade then goes and threatens Widow Tweed, saying he can't keep her, uh, keep the fox locked up forever. And I guess sensing the danger that she's putting him in by keeping him. Um, this was this when was, I that was, a, this that was, was a, like a Pokemon movie. What? This was when I got the closest to crying. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, did you see the? I think it's the Pokemon movie where like Ash goes and takes Pikachu to like go live with all the other Pikachus. Do you remember that? I don't oh, remember that one. Jacob probably does. I don't. Maybe Christ so hard as a kid, but that's what this reminded me of. And so she, you know, goes and releases him into the wild. He's crying just so excited to be on the ride, and he's, like, she's reciting oh, this, like, poem. Oh. It just reminded me of, like, all the... Are you like, all the, cry again? Like, all the dogs or, like, all the animals, you know? <laughs> That, like, you know, people just take and go and abandon and they don't know where they're going, you know? Yeah. Or that they, like, drop off at, like, a shelter or something because they can't take care of them anymore. <sighs> this is so sad. <laughs> I love seeing the side of you. 
You better cut me. Cut all me crying out when you edit this. You can leave some of it in, but most of it you need to take out. Okay. I'm supposed to be a bad bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna make that my ringtone. I'm gonna clip that part out and just have I'm supposed to be a bad bitch. But like when it comes to animals and like children and stuff, like I just really I'm weak. Okay. Anyway, she abandons him in what we find out later to be um like a game reserve. So she presumes it's like a safe place for him. Um it is not. <laughs> At this point I had why did they even make this movie? Just like is the, <laughs> is, did they just want to cause us pain? Like Megan all of the older ones are very much in this vein. Like, they're very... Damn it. So I'm sorry <laughs> when we watch a lot of the older ones. They're ve- a lot of them are, like, fucking traumatizing, okay? And I I don't know. Maybe that's why I am the way that I am <laughs> as an adult. Oh, God, my bitch. Mom, my mom made me all watch them. Made me watch them all. Um, anyway, so Slade somehow knows where she dropped him, and he's like, he tells Copper, like, oh, we'll go get him. And then uh, a song called Goodbye May Seem Like Forever fucking plays over the the sad portion. And uh, then it's going to rain to really rub it in. Um, And Dad tries to find a new place to stay, but, like, everywhere is occupied by all these other animals. But then a sweet little porcupine, and his name is just Porcupine, I think. Um, and he's voiced by John Fielder, who also did Piglet's voice in the Winnie the Pooh shorts. Um, also, he comes... I couldn't help but think about our discovery that porcupines live in trees and how I just feel weird about that. Oh my god, you're right, and he lives in a tree in the yeah. movie. Uh-huh. We did not know that porcupines lived in trees until, what, earlier this year? <laughs> yeah, it was in, like, February, I think? Yeah, I, I just thought maybe they like had like holes or something that they. But no, I went to Badlands National Park and there was a porcupine just fucking chilling on a branch in a tree. <laughs> Jacob kept telling me to look, and I was like, I don't see anything because I thought it was gonna be on the ground. He's like, up. Anyway, he takes him in, and so Todd sleeps with sleeps with the porcupine. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> they have a little sleepover. Um, and then Big Mama, the next morning, comes and finds uh, Todd, or is trying to find Todd, but she runs into a lady fox named Vixie. Um, and we know she's a female because she's basically got mascara on. Yes. Um, very porn star name, too, don't you think? Yeah. Vixie. And she's voiced by Sandy Duncan, who has done, like, a lot of voice work for various things, such as, like, My Little Pony and Friends in the in the 80s and a movie called swan princess she plays the queen in swan princess did you ever see swan princess i did not see swan princess okay it's not a disney movie but maybe we'll do swan princess as well if we can find it somewhere for free but i loved swan princess and i there's a character in there who has like this over the top i want to say swedish accent and i used to do it all the time around the house and it irritated the shit out of my mom she's like that's not even an accent like stop it that's annoying um so yeah, maybe we'll watch that. Um, so then Big Mom was like, oh, wait a second. You're a fox. He's a fox. And she starts to play matchmaker to set them up. And they're both like immediately into each other. Um, and he tries to impress her, but ends up embarrassing <laughs> himself. Uh, and he like kind of scolds her for like laughing at him. And he calls her a female. 
And then Big Mama, like, shuts that shit down. She's like, no, that's not how you get a girl. Like, you need to grow up. Um, she sings a whole song about it. <laughs> and she eventually does push them back together. Um, and Vixie's like, forgive and forget. She's already talking about moving in together, talking about kids and shit. She moves real fast, but, like, they're animals. They don't have a lot of time to waste. Mm-mm. Meanwhile, Amos and Copper... Um, go to the game preserve and they break in despite there being a no hunting rule Todd is in bliss with Vixie who like I feel like the dialogue there definitely suggested that they like boned that yeah, night very horny yeah <laughs> um and Todd and Vixie uh, are walking around they find themselves in like a little like dark valley <laughs> and where Amos has set up traps and uh, Todd sets them off and a chase ensues between Todd and Copper. Um, he and Vixie get chased into a foxhole. I think it's a foxhole, right? Um, and it looks like they're trapped when Slade is on one end and Copper's on the other. Uh, but they do eventually escape, um, but they're still being pursued. Um, Slade and Copper run into a bear, and Copper gets hurt in the process. Slade gets hurt, um, and Todd hears Copper's cries, and he runs to help him. <laughs> He's too good for this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he also gets hurt in the process, uh, falling off a log down a very far way uh, into a waterfall. He does survive, though, thank God. And then Copper finds him, uh, injured and exhausted in the water. And when Amos tries to shoot him again, Todd defend, or uh, Copper defends him, refusing to get out of the way. <laughs> and I was crying again at this point. Um, I just thought it was such a sweet moment. I just, like, what, is it really that deep? Like, he fucked with your chickens once, and you just have this vendetta against a random fucking fox? Like, you're an actual psychopath causing all of this harm to all of these creatures. You really didn't even even fuck with the chickens, either. Part of a misunderstanding. Yeah. But he's a hunter, I guess. I don't really, you know, they're not seeing... But you're a hunter. You go out, like, when you hunt, you hunt then. It's not like you're just sitting at your home and you're like, I have to hunt something. I must I mean, kill. Can, can we really say that, though? We're, neither of us are hunters. Well, like, Jacob's I, father is a hunter, and he's the sweetest man that I know and doesn't just sit around waiting for animals. This was, like, back in, like, the 50s or something like that. I'm sure there weren't the same, like, laws and rules that hunters have to follow now. You well, know he mean. obviously doesn't follow the laws and rules anyways because he ignored the sign at the game yeah. preserve that said no hunting. He's just a and crusty old fuck. Plus, he's blaming the fox for getting Chief hurt, you know, so I feel like if there's a... When really, he's the reason Chief is hurt. Yeah. Well, either way, um, you know, Slade backs down and Copper and Todd give each other one last little longing look. Before they walk in opposite directions, both literally and, you know, metaphorically. Yes. Um, and at the very end, we see Dinky and Boomer <laughs> trying to get the caterpillar again, but he's turned into a butterfly. How and long are the caterpillars? I was wondering yeah. the same thing. <laughs> I googled it, and they said they're caterpillars for like two to five weeks, and then they turn into butterflies. And butterflies can live like up to a year, but even like. But they showed it like at the beginning, and then also in the winter, it was still mm-hmm. a caterpillar. Like a year. <laughs> so 
I feel like maybe he was just like too stressed out all the time and he just didn't transition. He couldn't peacefully transition. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're um, like, oh, I don't know what it is, but there's something familiar about him. <laughs> his eyes, yeah. Um, and Widow Tweed, we see a little scene of her being a better woman than I would be. Oh, which yeah. Is helping. I felt betrayed um, by it, actually. Yeah. Like you fucking dumped your baby. Slave your baby fox over this man mm-hmm. and she helps him uh mend his bear injury i guess and so then at the very end we see copper and chief resting peacefully <laughs> and then they gotta double down <laughs> with those stupid like children's voices because we're gonna be best friends forever yep oh my god Hold on, I can't even read my notes. That's okay. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> so it's sort of a bittersweet ending, but it's got a good message. Yes. <laughs> now I'm going to read my fun facts, which are very, um, which won't make me cry. <laughs> so Todd, the name Todd, Widow Tweed gives him the name Todd because, like, she calls him a toddler or whatever. But the name Todd actually comes from the Middle English word Todd, which is T-O-D-D-E, which actually means fox. And Vixie's name comes from the word Vixen, which is the name for a female fox. And the movie, as I mentioned earlier, was based off a novel um, called The Fox and the Hound by Daniel P. Mannix. Um, (laughs) The co-producer of the movie, Wolfgang Reitherman, um, Which is an all-star name. Badass name. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Wolfgang is such a cool name. He's part of Disney's Nine Old Men, uh, who were, like, all original core members of the Disney animation team. Um, and he was the only member of the Nine Old Men who were actually part of this project and, like, stayed on the project until the end. Uh, he read the original novel. And so, like, when crafting the story... Um, he was reminded of a pet fox that one of his sons had raised. And co-producer Art Stevens was the live-action model for Amos Slade. I saw a picture of him. I got it. <laughs> um, he also, the guy who plays Amos Slade, he looks like an actor or something. He looks like someone, and I cannot put my finger on it. He didn't remind you of anyone? No. Um, but anyway, he acted out the role for the cameras opposite a stuffed toy, uh, playing the part of Copper. And the music, uh, the mu- music of the movie was scored by, scored and composed by Buddy Baker, who is considered a legend among many Disney, many in the Disney community. Um, he had a 55-piece orchestra that conducted the soundtrack. He had joined Disney Studios in 1954, um, to work with Walt Disney on, like, television projects, and he has scored over 50 films. Um, while working on the Fox and the Hound score, he also coordinated the music components of the Epcot Center project. So, like, the Epcot Park, there's music playing while you're there. And it's sort of, um, I think they brought back, like, the old music. I think that's sort of, like, a thing they're doing right now because they're remodeling it to look very retro. And so you can hear some of the old music. I'm not quite sure if that's his music, but um, that park opened in 1982, so maybe if we ever get to go to Epcot, I shouldn't say if when we go to when Epcot, we go to Epcot, we'll be like, oh my god, that's uh, that's Buddy Baker's music, and then we'll cry. 
Yep. <laughs> um, so the characters of Tad and Copper were developed by longtime friends and artistic colleagues, Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston, again, members of the Nine Old Men team. Um, and so their friendship sort of inspired the friendship of the Fox and the Hound. And the Fox and the Hound uh, was entrusted to a, a team of new Disney artists. Okay. See if you recognize any of these names, Megan. Uh, Ron Clements, John Musker, Tim Burton, Glenn Keane, Brad Bird, John Lassiter, Lassiter, and Chris Buck. So we've heard, you know, Tim Burton's obviously, but we've heard a couple of those other names so far, and we're probably going to hear, especially like Lassiter and Bird mm-hmm. and Buck, like we're going to hear their, their names over and over again as we watch many movies. Um, so this was like one of the first movies that they ever worked on. Cute. Um, yep. And the film was a financial success. It was the 14th highest grossing film of 1981 and earned $39.9 in the U.S., um, and at the time of its release, it was the most expensive animated film produced to date, costing $12 million. I'm just imagining a bunch of adults taking their children to see this cute Disney movie, and then all of them crying, and the kids just being like, wait. I swear to God, like, kids don't even... Kids back then? Nothing. No. No emotions. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know if anyone listening was born in, you know, the late 70s and saw this as a kid. If you cried, let us know. Um... And there is a Fox and the Hound, too, but it's just, like, one of those direct-to-videos from, I think, 2006? Yep, December 12, 2006 is when it came out. I don't know that I've ever seen that, and I don't know if I want to. (laughs) So, it's sort of a short movie. This will probably be a shorter episode. So, how did you feel about it, Megan? I felt devastated by it. (laughs) There wasn't a point that I wasn't, like, anxious with what, like, was playing out in front of me. Especially when Chief, like, first, um, like, when Todd, like, woke him up and, like, caused that first chase. I, like, sat, I literally gasped and, like, held onto the couch. I was like, I know something bad's gonna happen, but when is it gonna happen? Did you think one of them was gonna die because of my text? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought about. I that mean, this was probably even worse. All the like yeah. emotional trauma that it took me through. Mm-hmm. I think it was definitely the most emotional one we've watched so far, yeah. based on me completely unable to control my like how <laughs> like swollen my eyes are. I can't really tell, but like, oh my god. Um, yeah, but like I said, like all these old movies, they're they're all like this, and I we're gonna watch them. But I do have a sense of dread about it. Um, I remember watching them, especially, like, Bambi as a kid watching that. Oh, my God. Anyway, what the other night, well, not the other night, like, months ago, it was on Instagram, like, scrolling through reels as I was avoiding sleep. Right. And there was, like, a clip of this, of uh, Big Mama singing the Best of Friends song. And it was, like, a clip of the, the movie, and I, I forgot how emotionally tolling it was, and I was, like, crying in my bed with my phone in front of my face. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I don't know. This movie fucked me up. It's continuing to fuck me up. Um, what was your favorite part, Megan? Do you have a favorite scene or a favorite element of the movie? 
want to say just the beginning before everything turned bad just when they were cute them adorably interact with each other and their little baby mm-hmm. voices yep i love that didn't last too long though yeah i loved when um copper was like sniffing and todd was like what you sniffing and he was like I'm tracking something and then he's like it's you <laughs> and then obviously the fr- the end kind of redeemed it when copper stands in front of him and doesn't back down and the old man wants to end his life i think it's just like all together very a nice like a well-crafted story you know what i mean my favorite actually my favorite part was when the old man steps in his own trap and gets yeah. his comeuppance <laughs> yeah yeah that was good yeah and who's your favorite character the widow yeah, I think her or Todd would be her or Todd. Yeah, yeah, cute, cute. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the fox and the hound. I hope I didn't traumatize you too much. I hope you, if you haven't seen it, watch it and you cry and you understand what is mm-hmm. going on. I think most kids, you know, if their parents, especially if their parents were born in like the sixties and seventies, their parents probably made them watch this, like mine did. My mom loves this movie. When we so last time I went to Disney with her, I got her into pin trading, and so anytime we went in anywhere, she's like, "Let's look at the pins," <laughs> and <laughs> she was buying it for me. So I was like, "Okay, fine." Yeah. Um, and she hunted down a, a copper and Todd one. It's, it's so cute. It's them on the log with him like looking over it. I'll, I'll send a picture of it to you later. It's it's so cute. Um, but yeah, this is one of her favorites. I almost watched it with her, but then I was like, I don't want her to see me cry. <laughs> um, so I'm glad I didn't. And also just the whole time, like you said, Copper reminds you of Frank. Yeah, just mm-hmm. it's like watching a little, a little wrinkly boy. A little wrinkly boy on the screen. Some long ass years. Mm-hmm. So we do a thing where we're picking the hottest character in every Disney movie. Yeah, this was and so we've something that was on my mind throughout the movie. Yeah. So, are we going to make a rule for ourselves that we don't pick animals? Because that's going to be hard in the animal movies. Yeah. Um, or do we expose ourselves and be weird and pick animals? I feel like we just have to go full send and be weirdos. And pick the animal? Yeah. Because I'm I feel like definitely not getting into bed with uh, Amos or the Widow. I agree. And there were no other humans in the movie. <laughs> Like, so. I guess what I'm saying is I would fuck a fox before <laughs> I would fuck the elderly. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so I think we're putting Todd then. Yeah. He'll probably be voted out pretty quickly. <laughs> I think maybe, like, when we're doing, like, our bracket, maybe we'll put it up, like, on Instagram or something and um, just go with whoever... I mean, maybe there are other fucking weirdos, and maybe he'll win the whole thing. I mean, I don't know. Furries exist. They, you know what? You're so right, Megan. I don't know. I would imagine there's kind of an overlap between, like, the Disney adult community and the furry community, right? I can see it. That's where it all started. For them, probably. <laughs> You're furry, let us know. Um, so what What would you give this movie, then, a 10? I'd give it an 8. I would give it a solid 8, too. We are in complete agreement there. Nice. I think 
I think, first of all, it was short. It was concise. Yep. The message. It had a really great message. Yep. Good voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're in agreement. I can't give it a ton because it made me cry so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So we're in agreement at the eight. So what would you like to watch? It's your turn to pick, Megan, and you usually pick more modern stuff, but I... Yes, I am going to go a little bit further back. I'm going to go with Wally. Wally, okay. Yeah. So I have seen parts of Wally. I've never I have, seen the whole thing. Yeah, I've also seen parts, but never yeah. in its entirety. And I've heard it makes people emotional as well. Right. Yeah. So great. So maybe we'll cry two episodes in a row. Okay. Wally for number six. All right. Any, well, any closing thoughts? I'm embarrassed. <laughs> if you took any screenshots of me crying, I'll fucking kill you. I didn't. I thought about it, but I was like, no, I'm a good friend. <laughs> well. It was more, I'd be so mad if you took screenshots of me crying. <laughs> Although you do At have. I was like laughing while I was crying and it wasn't like a, a complete sob fest. You have some pictures of me that aren't amazing. I'm sure you Most, can... Mostly you doing, like, that double chin thing. The thing, thing where my do. mouth is just open also, like, just <laughs> looking like an idiot with no thoughts whatsoever in my mind. I feel like when you're friends with someone, especially friends with someone for 10, 11 years, you, you have to have ugly pictures of them. Yes. You know? Yeah. Just in case. I have plenty of you looking like an egg, so... I do like an egg. Anyway, all right. Well, it's been fun. We'll see you. See you next time for Wally. Bye.